0: What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmidt. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to tune into the show. Got my boy Cam coming on today. We're going to recap all the wild card games from last night. Obviously, Bucks-Cowboys is tonight. I'll have a short monologue out tomorrow to recap that game. And then I know Cam and I are going to talk a little bit of college football as well. The show is absolutely loaded. should be great. Hope you guys stick around for the whole thing. Here we go. Wildcard Weekend is almost over. Every game is done except for one. We got Cam on to talk about the games from Saturday and Sunday, and we're going to talk a little bit about Bucks cowboys tonight. What's up, bro? How are you? Good, man. Good. A lot of good football this weekend. Great football. And it was every game except for the second half of the Niners and Seahawks game yeah. I, I thought was, was incredible.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think we kind of saw that 49ers game coming. The Giants catching me off guard. Like to see them get a win but
0: uh, yeah good weekend of football. Great weekend. So we're going to start at the beginning. San Francisco Seattle. San Francisco wins that game 41 to 23, 17 to 16 at the half with Seattle in the lead. And then the second half it just all kind of fell apart. So what were your kind of your your takeaways from that game?
1: Yeah, so I told you this earlier. Brock Purdy, I uh, picked him up in my dynasty league like week 14. What a catch. This guy is playing at a high level. Um, and I He's Mr. Irrelevant, not really the guy you'd expect to jump in and start playing very good football. But with the skill positions that they have, I'd like to think that I could get on the field with Debo, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and make something happen. This, but he's the real deal. He's so calm under pressure, and I love to see him play.
0: He is. He looked a little tight in the first half. And then in the second half, he looked much more calm, much more settled in, which like, makes sense. He's a rookie. It's his first playoff game. And it was the first game that really kind of mattered for them Against, yeah. you know, solid Against a solid team in Seattle But I think From the moment that Geno Smith fumbled the ball I think it was their their first, their opening drive Of the second half mm-hmm. It just all went downhill from there Brock Purdy kind of settled in Debo Samuel has makes a couple big plays McCaffrey gets loose a couple times And it was just all 49ers after that And as of right now, my uh, my Super Bowl Or my winner of the NFC looks, looks pretty good right now I feel... I feel pretty good.
1: There's there's really nothing that the 49ers lack. Their defense is another—I had them in fantasy. They've been amazing all season, not even just from a fantasy point, but, I mean, they get turnovers. They're always pressuring. They there's, there's really no holes in their game. Like I said, I list all their skill positions. On the offensive side of the ball, they can move. I think with Jimmy G, I had a lot of hesitancy to think they can move uh, because he's a pretty— I don't want to say stale quarterback, but when you watch the offense get stale, it's primarily because of him, not because of skilled position players not doing their thing. But there's really no holes in the 49ers team right now, and I agree. I mean, they they have a lot of teams' numbers. We've seen good Green Bay Packers teams go down to the 49ers when I haven't thought they're even this good of a team like they are right now. It's, it's impressive. They should look really good the rest of the season.
0: Yeah, I agree. The defense is... I mean, they're really the story here. I mean, the second half, they just kind of took over. And just talking about Brock Purdy, it's just mm-hmm. it's so much easier to settle in and to play well when you not only have George Kittle and Debo Samuel and McCaffrey and Ayuk, but you also know that, like, look, if if I make a mistake here, I've got the best defense in the league behind me mm-hmm. who can very easily pick me up and keep us in this game, right? So that's a huge advantage that I don't think people really talk about enough. Just having that defense, having a guy, Nick Bosa, who is... Mm-hmm arguably the best defender in football, and having the best linebacker in football in Fred Warner and the mm-hmm. secondary has played really well. I mean, they look really good across the board, and the more reps Purdy gets, the he's just going to get better as, as time goes on. So I'm excited to see what they do for, for the rest of the playoffs. Um, do, you, do you have them winning the NFC, or do you have the Eagles? I would,
1: yeah. I would have them winning the NFC. Um, the Eagles are a really good team. Another team that I think has very few holes. Their defense stands up. They have all the offensive weapons, but I hate to say the 49ers have been here before, but historically, I don't know. I just have more faith in them. When the Eagles won the Super Bowl with Nick Foles, I mean, that was wildly impressive. I just don't see that happening again, although I like Jalen Hurts, Um, but I feel like the Eagles are similar to the Bills in that Jalen Hurts carries way too much of the offensive weight for that team, um, and I think that might be their demise here before
0: long. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, the one thing I like about the Eagles, though, is their offensive and defensive line units are awesome. Mm. But ultimately, I think—or not 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 I think, I know. The reason why I ultimately took the 49ers over the Eagles to win the NFC is because Jalen Hurts is Hurts. Mm. If Hurts was like 100% healthy, then I think I would have really struggled to take the 49ers— but with him being, you know, seventy percent of who he of who he is, and you know, with that shoulder sprain on his throwing shoulder, it's just it was really hard for me to take them. Even though they do have the extra week off, mm. just shoulder injuries are wonky; they're tough to really recover from quickly. I've had a few of them, so yeah. Ultimately, that was that was why I, I I ended up taking the Niners. That and they have they have Kyle Shanahan, like they do, probably the best coach in the NFL right now. He's just incredible. His abilities to to elevate quarterbacks, um, he's just he's he's awesome. So. Uh, any more thoughts on that game before we move on to the Chargers and, and Jags? No, for the
1: most part, what we expected, the 49ers winning it pretty handily.
0: Okay. So I love I love Twitter after games <laughs> like the Chargers and the Jags, right? Because you're sitting here and you're just watching people melt mm. on or really just kind of rip Trevor Lawrence, even though yeah. like... I don't know, I, I feel like his, his interceptions really weren't that big of a deal. The 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 first one's tipped, the second one is on like fourth and eight where everybody's covered, so he's trying to throw it in, in into tight coverage. To make a play. Yeah. yeah, and then like the third one, it was a little bit behind the guy. And the fourth one he forced it, but Asante Samuel just made a really good play. Mm-hmm. Like it happens. Mm-hmm. Um Meanwhile, you know, they go up, you know, they go down early mm-hmm. and they, they come back and they win. So whose, whose fault is it? Because this is this is obviously like the big topic. Like, is this on Brandon Staley in the defense? Mm-hmm. Is this on Justin Herbert in the offense? Yeah. Who ultimately does the blame fall on?
1: So I'm a huge Justin Herbert fan. Uh, so I want to put that out there. Um, he came out and said, you know, it's on his fault. It's the the lack of productivity from the offense in the second half. And I'm not sure I agree with that. Uh, you have such a handy lead over the Jags, like you said. You have. Trevor Lawrence with four interceptions. How many times do you see that in the NFL? And then to to come back and win is unheard of. (laughs) To me, in my eyes, that is very much a defensive meltdown. I don't, I mean, I get it. Trevor Lawrence is great. I think he's a generational talent at quarterback that we're really just starting to see bloom uh, to what he's capable of doing. But in my mind, this is entirely a coaching error. This is Brandon Staley. And we were talking about this earlier. Does he have a job in another week? I don't think so. The The Chargers have, I want to say, the roster. They have the skill. position. That Austin Eckler, I would argue, is a top three running back in the NFL. Justin Herbert, you can watch him and watch uh, against other quarterbacks. It's very clear that he has the arm talent. He has the IQ. He's a good enough athlete. And he's so young. And at this point, you need to be winning in the wild card. You should be winning a couple games, uh, in my opinion, if you're the Chargers, but to lose to the Jags after having an exorbitant lead to a, a quarterback, an opposing quarterback that throws four interceptions, that is unacceptable. And I don't think that's an offensive issue. Um, yes, is there a lot of weight that Justin Herbert could continue to carry Austin Eckler or Keenan Allen? Again, they have the talent. But I don't think that's their fault for not putting up a lot of points the second half. How many times do you put up 30 points in a game and
0: lose? You can ask Colts fans. It happens, but not too often. (laughs) Fair enough. So I'm going to push back a little bit. Okay. Because I... Like, the four interceptions, like, Mm -hmm. that's Brandon Staley's defense. Yep. And I think that when we look at the Chargers and we look at their inability to move the football, not just in the second half, but just the entire game in general, right? Like, Like, when we look at their... Their touchdown drives, Mm -hmm. one was for 18 yards, set up by the defense. Mm -hmm. Another one was for 16 yards, set up by the defense. And then they had the long drive, I think it was mid-second quarter, for 62 yards. And then when we look at their field goal drives, they had a drive for 57 yards. Mm -hmm. They had a drive with negative one yard where they got the ball inside the 10 Mm -hmm. and they couldn't punch it in. Yeah. And then they had a 45-yard drive, which 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 resulted in a field goal, mm-hmm. and like they only had one drive where they moved the ball consistently, and so on top of that, you have these you have multiple three and outs in in the second half. And here's the thing: like they didn't have to score; they mm-hmm. just had to move the ball and run more than three plays on a possession just to work time down, yep. to not even give to the Jags time to to even come back. And that's kind of my thing, like. Did the defense fall apart in the second half of the Chargers? Yes, they give up points on five straight possessions. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Um, which, which it is. But at the same time, like the offense has to move the ball at least a little bit they just do. to work time down. And so, I don't know if, if I'd put it 100% on Brandon Staley. That's what they're going to do, just yeah. to you know, justify the idea of firing him and going out and trying to hire Sean Payton. Mm. Um, which, okay. for, for the record, like I think that if Sean Payton wasn't available, I think they would keep Brandon Staley. But mm-hmm. having a guy like Payton available, who we know is a great offensive mind pairing him with a guy like Justin Herbert. Like, you have to do that. Like, that just makes sense. You do. And so, yeah, but let me let me not move on before I give Lawrence his flowers. Mm. To come back from that in your first career playoff start, like to start 5 of 18 for 34 yards yep. and throw four interceptions, to come back in the final five drives and go 23 for 29 for 253 yards and four touchdowns. It's incredible, especially when your best receiver isn't Keenan Allen yeah. or Mike Williams. Your best receiver's Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk. You know, so he was awesome. I was really impressed with him. Doug Peterson, the fourth and one call, <laughs> incredible. Yeah. I mean, coming out looking like they're gonna try and sneak it and then they flip it out for you know and, and take off for you know 15 yards was so incredible. I think another thing too that people aren't really talking about enough is Joey Bosa. Makes two big mistakes. Yeah. So third quarter, he he jumps, he lines up offsides and and gives up a first down. Jacksonville ends up scoring a touchdown, mm. and then where Jacksonville went for two, he lined up offsides again, and so they they move the ball up to the one, and then they you know uh, Lawrence has the the sneak for two, which then allowed them to kick the field goal at the end to win and not yeah, tie. Yeah, stay in the game. I mean, it was just like small little things like that cost you, especially in the playoffs when it comes down. Like you know, you hear the guys say it all the time. Like the difference in a game is like three or four plays, mm-hmm. right? And it's little things like that um, that I just really, really costed them. Um, so don't let that go. Like, I've, like no one's really talking about that either. Bosa made two really big mistakes. Yeah, something as simple as not lining up off sides. Like you are one of the best defensive ends in football. Yep, being paid millions and millions of dollars, millions and millions of dollars every year, and you can't line up on sides. This game of all games, too. I know. That's not like in a game where you should be absolutely locked in yeah. just mentally. And you, you have these small little men, mental lapses like that. It's just you can't do that. Like when you do things like that, you deserve to lose. Yeah.
1: And so. I'll say, I, as you've been speaking, I wanted to pull this up. The Chargers' time of possession was 32 minutes. The Jacks, Jacksonville's was 27. So the Chargers had the ball more. They had the opportunity more. I, you'd think to run clock however they have 70 less total yards than jacksonville very much a product of the second half and this if there's not a stat to say that the chargers gave this game away the chargers had zero turnovers jacksonville yeah. had 5 yep and jacksonville beat them in first downs too you have the chargers with 18 first downs and jacksonville with 24 yeah. I, they just didn't move the ball enough. They didn't, and you're right. I think it's—I want to blame it on the defense. Like I said, I'm a big—
0: Which, like, it, it partially is. You, you can't, like—if you're a defensive head coach, mm-hmm. you cannot allow a team to score five times in a row on you. If that's, like, your calling card. Yeah. Like like it is for Staley. It's,
1: yeah, it's bad. It's very bad, and <laughs> to see those numbers after the fact, that was very much a game given to the Jags in the second half. Because, well, the Chargers were up 27-7 to yeah. at half. That's yeah. That's very much a a game that's been given away. The Chargers, I thought had this one in the bag. I would have guessed they cover by ten, but see them lose by one. This, it was heart wrenching for me.
0: Did, did you see the guy who bet one point four million dollars on on the Chargers money line after they went up twenty seven? No, they went up by twenty seven. He put one point four million dollars on it, and his payout was only going to be like five grand.
1: Yes, I actually, I think I did see that. And then they lost.
0: Then they oh, lost. it's great. Who was that? Mattress <laughs> Mac. He's always something got like that, man. The million dollar bets. What a was, guy. Oh man, that's that's a rough, rough day. Uh, hopefully, if you're betting that much money, though, it you don't need it. That's got to be pocket change. Got, uh, that's a lot of pocket change. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot of pocket change. It is. Um, so, I'm assuming you think that the Chargers m- move on from Staley at the end of the year. So,
1: initially, I want to say no. You know they. I don't want to say his body of work has kind of justified keeping his job. Um, Has Justin Herbert had any postseason success? No. Not to my knowledge, no. Um, And I I guess it's kind of tough because you make really good points. You know, who does the blame weigh on? Um, And I want some of it to be Staley, obviously. I, I want to pull for Justin Herbert, but he doesn't play a perfect game. Like you said, there are a lot of opportunities where all you need to do is get the first down. Get some more time to run out some more clock uh, because it comes down to the final play. Like you said, just little mental errors, uh, whether it be by Bosa being off sides in pivotal moments. Um, I think if the Chargers organization sits on this for another week, um, I-, I do. I think Staley will be gone. Do I think he should be? Probably not. I think he's done pretty well. They've lost quite a few games that they shouldn't have. They've also been struggling with injury for way too well, long. You've got
0: the Week 18 stuff where he's playing as starters when it didn't matter. That's right. an issue. Because, like, okay. like, if Mike Williams plays this game, uh-huh. like, I, they probably win. Because that's, yeah, that's yeah. a big-time weapon on the outside. Um, so you, you can't do stuff like that either. I just— hmm. Okay. I think I, I'm with you. Like, I, I think Brandon Staley's a good coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would keep him unless you can hire Sean Payton. If you can't hire Sean Payton— then th- I, I wouldn't see a point in firing him. Yeah, I agree. I'd, I'm i not so big on the Sean Payton train. I think
1: there's there's a lot, there's a lot going around. Uh, for Harbaugh specifically, I think being an indie, you yeah. hear a lot of the Harbaugh rumors floating around. If I was the Chargers, yeah, I, I would like Sean Payton. But yeah, I, I think at this e- either point— Either one. They're, they're good options. They're very good options. I'm not sure Harbaugh will leave Michigan. I thought he said to his players he won't, but who that's knows? That's what they always there's, say. There's a lot they're of They're supposed to say that. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's what you want to hear if you're a player. But, yeah, I I think uh, the Chargers should stay with Staley if Sean Payton isn't available. I, I like that take. Um, I think he's done a lot. I think a lot of the situation or, I guess, circumstances have been out of his hands. The Week 18 thing. Play, I, I'm the kind of guy who... If you're looking at the entirety of the season, and it, let, let's say you are one of the fans that gets the tickets to Week 18, you don't want to go watch those second-string guys. Yeah. You know, I I kind of support the the keeping your guys in, but there is a lot to be said. You, you know you're going to play in the playoffs. You might as well show up 100% healthy. Um, but, man, I don't know, man. What did, what, what, does that have any weight for you, like, show, giving the best product to the fans yeah. every week?
0: Um, yes. Okay. Like, I, I feel like... I feel like it's much more of an NBA thing for that just because, like, your risk for injury is much lower playing, like, baseball or playing Mm. basketball just because the game isn't as physical. Yeah. And I think when we look at the Chargers, like, they've been banged up all year. They have. And so... And it's not, like, basketball either where you need, like, camaraderie playing with other guys and you're trying to learn how to play with other people. Like, Michael Williams and Herbert, like, they've played together for a while, right? Right. And so, like, I just don't see the risk in playing your better players when you know that you're going to make the plus. Because you're right, like, you do owe something to the fans. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately, though, like, you owe your fans the hope of, like, we can make a run in the playoffs. Okay. And having a guy like Mike Williams increases that hope, you know? Because yeah. ultimately, like, mm-hmm. like if 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 I go to a game, like, do I want to see the best players? Like, yes, of course I do. But at the same time, I'd much rather watch my team go in a Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. No,
1: that, that's fair. That's fair. And I think... Uh, you might be right there. There's a lot more weight, I think, in having a healthy team for the playoffs um, rather than you know winning a week week 18 game because this is. I mean, I think if you think of the Chargers season and there's one, I, th- I think thing that we take away from it, I think a lot of people would remember them for the injuries that they had to deal with all yeah. season, and they still had they what, still 10 won 10 wins. games. Yeah, they still won quite a few games. Uh, I think if you take injuries out of the picture, that's <laughs> we probably would have seen a, a W yesterday, but or. Would have been Saturday, but yeah, I, I guess hindsight's twenty twenty.
0: It is. You're right. You're right. Let's move on. Miami versus Buffalo. I'm I'm gonna go first here, just because <laughs> I. Okay, so I, I didn't get to see the whole game because I, I had to work yesterday, but mm-hmm. I caught from like halfway through the third quarter on. Um, Miami doing Miami things, getting my hopes up, yeah. and then just letting me down because that's just how it goes. Couldn't couldn't call plays in on time. Part of that is on McDaniel. Part of that is just having a rookie quarterback. Absolutely. And here is one of my least favorite arguments in all sports is when people do the, well, if such and such had played, then we would have won. Mm-hmm. And, like, you get on Twitter and people are like, if Tua had played, Miami would have won. And that just, like, isn't necessarily true, right? Because the way that you play is very much dictated upon who is playing. Right. Right? And so I firmly believe that if Tua had played, Miami's defense their defensive approach would have been very different. They wouldn't have been anywhere near as aggressive as they were because they knew, look, we got Skyler Thompson playing. We had to force turnovers to even have a chance. Sure. And they did, right? And that's why they had a chance, right? You, mm-hmm. you got the two picks. You got the scoop and score. All, all these different things. And what, what I think the most frustrating part about this is people are going to play this what-if game. they right? mm-hmm. like, well, you know, if, if Tua had played, then we would have won and we'd be playing in the second round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. So we're going to keep Tua... Because with him, we're good enough to make it to the second round of the playoffs. Mm -hmm. And i just like, it's just going to prolong this Tua experience of him getting hurt, him not playing the entire season. Meanwhile, my personal take is the Dolphins should draft um, Hendon Hooker out of Tennessee Mm -hmm. in the second or third round, whenever he's available there. And you give Tua a year. Like, look, if you can stay healthy this year, we will trade Hendon Hooker. But if you can't, mm-hmm. we're gonna move you and we're gonna bring in Hooker, a guy who's six four with a big arm yeah. and can move and can probably stay healthier than you than he can. And look, here's my thing with Tua. Like, I'm I'm a Tua guy. I really like him. But here's the thing. Once you get one concussion, mm-hmm. it becomes progressively easier to get another. Absolutely. He's, he's had three this year. Absolutely. And so part of me for his sake and also for my Dolphins fans' sake, part of me would just wish that he would just be like, you know what? I've had these these three con- three concussions in one year, mm. I just need to be done. Yeah. That would just make things a lot easier. But look, he's twenty four years old. He's practiced his entire life to play football in the NFL. He wants to win. And he wants to stick around. Yeah, I don't blame him. And so we're gonna have this whole other year of us doing this to a thing, and I just I'm not prepared for it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this was
1: such a shocking game to me. Um because oh, yeah. after what, the first quarter, we thought the Bills were gonna run away with 17-0. it. Seventeen zero. It was ugly. Um but the the Dolphins and I, I think this has a lot to do with McDaniel and why I'm a fan of McDaniel. The guy stays in games.
0: Oh yeah, um, he's a, he's a really he he made some mistakes yesterday. Yeah, but look, it's his first game as it, it's his first time coaching in the playoffs Hey, coach. It happens. Like he didn't make some mistakes. Yes, but they were very prepared. I yeah. thought the game plan was good. So, but yeah, you were saying. But he he coaches with fire. Uh, I mean, every video that you see of him on
1: social media, uh, uh, every time he speaks. I'm a very big McDaniel fan, um, and somehow you get a Skylar Thompson-led Dolphins within a field goal of the Bills when this Damn. this should have been a runaway the Bills game on the road. Um, so one, I want to say, impressive showing for Skylar Thompson. Yes, he only has one touchdown. He throws a couple interceptions, but Josh Allen throws a couple of interceptions here, um, which is very Josh Allen of him. We had this conversation earlier. I love the Bills. I want to see them win. I feel like they're one of those franchises that we've seen them get so close and just not get to experience victory. Yeah. um, That I I do. I want to see them have that breakthrough. That being said, they have the most skilled roster in the NFL. In my opinion, it's not even really close. Um, Josh Allen is doing way, way, way too much. The games that they lose – are—I don't really ever want to say the loss is because
0: of Josh Allen, but they had— But if they could run the ball outside of Josh Allen, it'd be much easier.
1: It it could. Now, listen to this. So Josh Allen had 352 passing yards yesterday. The total offense that the Bills had— So one, that's 120 more yards than the Dolphins had all day.
0: (laughs) Okay? Yeah, that just speaks to how well Miami's defense played. For they only lose by three, and for you just to point that out. And yeah. for
1: for Josh Allen to have 120 more passing yards than the Dolphins have total yards. Now, towards Buffalo, he had 350 of the 420 total yards.
0: Yeah, That's, That's, you can't do
1: that. It's incredible. It's incredible, and I think it speaks volumes for how great of an athlete Josh Allen is. But when they lose, and it it's bound to happen in the playoffs. You're going to come up against other teams that have the same level of skill players the other team that may want it more. And at this point, I don't know if there's a team that wants it more than the Bills. I don't. But sometimes the other team just has your number. Uh, And I think when you continue to run this offense, if the Bills do entirely through Josh Allen, there's a blindside somewhere. Do I think some teams have found it and they've beaten the Bills? Yes. But eventually this is going to come back to nip them in the bud because – you can't be winning by three points against the Dolphins. Yeah. And that's no disrespect to the Dolphins. Yeah, for sure. Very, very good team. A, a tua list Dolphins. A tua list Dolphins. And I'm a big Tua fan, but I agree with you. I think for longevity of his career, um, and even for just the Miami fan base, stay out of the game. Uh, at this point, it's we've seen some of those hits, and some of the hits that's he's nasty, taken man. make me think he's going to have CTE within the next couple of years, which yeah. is a terrible thought to think. But at the same time, he is taking hits like that every time he steps on the field. Yes. I mean, how many concussions? Yes, we've, we've said he's taken three this season. Let's be real. He's probably had close to a dozen with some of the hits that he's taken. We've seen him stumble up and down the field. And I, as a viewer, you just don't want to see that. You know, uh, you know it, at this point, I, I want to see my team win. But if it is at the cost of, you know, half of the team's <laughs> health at this point, and not, not just physical health, but psychological and mental health, yeah. I don't I don't care to see him win that bad. Uh but yeah, all in all, I think this was a, a not so impressive win from the the Bills. The Bills probably should have won this by more. They they
0: look so sloppy. I think mm-hmm. part of that is like Josh Allen throws two picks. He yep. you know, he has the bad fumble and like look when you're playing against the Dolphins when they have Skylar Thompson for quarterback, you can do those things. For sure. You can't do that against Kansas City. Absolutely not. You, you can't do that against uh the Bengals. You can't do that against Any of these other playoff teams outside of the Dolphins, right? And so that's just the truth. That's just how it is. And so they're going to have to tighten up. Um, Part of that, though, may be like they know that they're playing the Dolphins and they they know that they don't have Tua. Mm -hmm. So maybe you don't come in 100% locked in, right? right? Like it's much easier to get up. For Joe Burrow and the Bengals, or Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs, or Trevor Lawrence and the Jags, at that, right. then Skylar Thompson and the Dolphins. So, like, maybe that was part of it, mm-hmm. um, but they're gonna, they're gonna have to tighten up if they're if they're gonna want to, you know, win the whole thing, which they're more than talented enough to do. Um, sure. But I just them not having Von Miller is really gonna hurt them, I think down down the stretch. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. Anything else on that game on the Bills Dolphins?
1: Not really. Uh, I think as a Dolphins fan, there's a lot of positives to take away from that. You end the season a tad over 500. You have an, uh, I would say, an excellent showing with a yeah, a Skyler led team uh, against the Bills. I yeah. think everything considered, if you're a Bills fan, you're scared for the next couple weeks. Uh, if you're a Dolphins fan, you, you've got a lot to look forward you, to yeah. rebuilding this offseason.
0: You can pull hope from that. Like, it's very obvious that, like, McDaniel can coach. Mm-hmm. So they, got, they have half of the equation, right? Like, if you, want, if you want to be good in the NFL, hire a good head coach and, and have a good quarterback. They got half yeah. of it done. <laughs> so we just, just got to find the other half. They do.
1: Yeah, and I, I kind of like that the Hendon-Hooker deal because uh, I think there are quite a few good quarterbacks coming. Speaking of, C.J. Stroud, to my knowledge, has still not declared for the draft.
0: I don't, I don't think he has yet. He's got no way he stays. To, today is the final day to declare. Is it if he, really? If
1: he doesn't declare today, he's not in the draft.
0: Man, I just I know you being an Ohio State fan, you'd be yeah. really excited about that. But also as a Colts fan, you gotta be disappointed.
1: Uh, dude, as a as a football fan, it does not make sense to me why he would stay at Ohio State. And you know how big of a buckeye oh, I am. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm gonna pull for the Buckeyes until I die. But if you're a young guy, and the crazy thing is, I've I've heard a lot of this is because of an NIL deal yep. that he has coming down the pipeline that is worth an exorbitant amount of money, yep. millions and millions of dollars, but is that not what his signing bonus would be if he just goes to the league? I mean, I, I think if I'm him, my biggest fear would be getting drafted by the Texans, and that's I don't be, well, mean to maybe, be disrespectful. Maybe the, the Texans idea is just like,
0: but. I mean, certainly, they're, certainly they're going to take Bryce Young, even though I would take Stroud first. If if okay. if I was the Texans, I would take I would take Stroud. I yeah. like Stroud's size. That's what thing with Bryce Young. He's it's not even that he's short. It's just like his he's skinny. He's, like, Smart. 170 pounds. Yeah. Like, that's not true. He's, like, 190 pounds. Either way, though, like, you know what I mean. He's yeah. just, he's very slight. And, it's like, you can be short and succeed in the NFL, but you got to be thick. Like, Russell Wilson is thick. He is. Um, Drew Brees was thick, right? Mm-hmm. Kyler Murray, not thick. He's hurt a lot. Tua, not super thick. He's hurt a lot. And so, that's my thing with Bryce Young. But outside of that, like, he can make all the throws. I'm just worried about his size. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, um, I hate it for the Colts, man, because then, like— like, do you really want to take Will Levis? No, I don't. Don't take Will. Le- I no, swear. I say, what are your takes? I I don't
1: want to stray too far from that. Let's NFL hear. Here. Let's
0: <laughs> let's 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 finish the wild card stuff and yeah, then we'll we can come back that. to that whenever we'll we're, that. We're, we're we're talking college football. <laughs> uh, Giants in, in Minnesota. Giants win thirty-one to twenty-four. This game was this was my favorite game of the weekend. Yeah, like because it's a battle the whole way through. Whereas like as great as the comeback was in Jacksonville, like the first half of the game just felt like. It was like dead air. Like It was just, it was so boring because it just felt so insurmountable for Jackson. Whereas this game was back and forth the entire time, but yeah. offenses moving up and down the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think of this game?
1: So this to me was like, what a game for quarterbacking. Uh, I feel like these are two quarterbacks that get a lot of hate. We were talking about how social media is a vicious place. <laughs>
0: yes. If
1: the Giants and Vikings don't play good football the first two names that you're going to see on any of these feeds is going to be Danny Dimes and Kirk Cousins. That's right. Um, Now, I'm a a fan of Kirk Cousins as a person. I hear he's an amazing guy. Um, Can't can't say more about what an upstanding character he is, Um, but you can't always say that about the football game he's playing. The dude throws some terrible picks, uh, and sometimes you're just like, where was that ball even going? Great showing yesterday. 31 for 39, 273 yards, two touchdowns. Unfortunately, not quite enough. Um,
0: Okay. Go ahead. Let me—I'm with you. I thought he played really well. But he did the most Kirk Cousins things ever to end the game. Uh And that's why people have a problem with him. (laughs) It's fourth and eight. You can't throw the ball two yards. You can't throw a check down. You can't throw a check down. Like, you got to find Justin Jefferson Mm -hmm. or one of your guys who's actually past the line to Mm gain— And give them a chance, whether it's Thielen, whether it's Jefferson. Speaking which, I think a big reason why the Giants won yesterday, uh-huh. Justin Jefferson, extremely limited. He was. Seven catches for only 47 yards. Six of those receptions came in the first half. He only touched the ball one time in the second half.
1: This, no, this is heartbreaking to me uh, because I lost a parlay, the one leg oh, I didn't no. hit on, Jefferson touchdown. I oh, had, I had Daniel Jones passing over, I want to say, like 200-something I had Saquon Barkley touchdown. Those were locks for me, oh, and yeah. I actually think they both almost hit in the first half. Daniel Jones was really close. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, no showing from Jettas here was a killer. And yep. I think when we see, we were talking about it earlier, they're now eleven and one, I believe, in one score games, and this being their first loss. Yep. Um, I, I think it's kind of telling that Justin Jefferson doesn't really have that appearance. Uh, because think of some of the insane games. I think best catch I've ever seen oh, earlier yeah, this the year. the Bills game. Kirk Cousins throws up a blind Hail Mary. Yeah. And, of course, Jettas is there but to catch it. But he threw it to it. the right guy. He did. He threw it to the right guy. He didn't throw a check down. Now, that being said, you know, we can harp on Kirk Cousins all day being a Kirk Cousins type of player. He is. He's, he makes those, those mental errors. Unfortunately, it was at the wrong time this time. Let's put some respect on Daniel Jones' name.
0: Oh, yeah. He played great. He's the reason why they won this game. What he did in the first half, yeah, he ran for, I think, 74 yards in the first half. Yeah. That was huge because it completely altered the way the Vikings had to play defense for the rest of the game. Because mm. in the first half, they came out predominantly playing this man-to-man defense, mm-hmm. which you can do because, as of right now, the Giants receivers aren't great. Mm-hmm. And then you look up, Daniel Jones keeps running for 7 yards, 10 yards, 11 yards, 7 chipping yards. away. Yeah. Just kind of chipping away. And then you look up, and the Vikings had to play zone the rest of the game because, because of his ability to scramble. Mm-hmm. That, and he threw the ball great, too. He was, man, where, where's his line at here? Uh, 24 for 35, 301 yards, two touchdowns, no picks, and then 17 carries for 78 yards. 78 yards. He played great.
1: Honestly, the, the, and you're right. The, the, the 300 yards passing is huge. Obviously, that's a, that's a lot of ground to cover, and the reason they're putting up a lot of these points. But the 78 yards he had on the ground. And it's it's not I hate to say it's not athletic of him, uh, because anytime you see a quarterback getting up the field the way he does, his, his eyes big, on the open man. field is is so impressive. He must be spending a lot of time with Saquon, who also I'd say had a pretty impressive day yesterday.
0: He did. Um, I've got I've got his numbers too, man. Yeah, he had go ahead. fourteen touches for hundred and ninety yards and for hundred and nine yards and and two and two touchdowns. Yeah, and I was talking to Nate. If you listen to the podcast on Saturday, mm-hmm. saying that this game may ultimately come down to who has a better day between between Barkley and Jefferson, yeah. the real engines, I think, of both of these teams' offenses for sure. And it was definitely Barkley.
1: Yeah, and I think Danny Dimes stepping up, having the almost 80 rush yards he did, huge because, like he said, he continued to move the chains, and it just the Vikings just kind of seemed lost. Yeah, which I feel like has been an issue for them. They were Their a defense very so good bad. team, 13 win team. Yeah, yeah.
0: The defense is just bad. The defense is bad. There's no, it's as like, it's it's simple as that. There's no number where you can be like, oh, like, they do this decently. No, mm-hmm. they're just bad across the board. Yeah. And But they, they still had a chance to win. And I know before the podcast started, we were talking. The two biggest plays in this game, right, because it's the playoffs, and it just comes down to two or three small little mistakes. Yep. It's the fourth quarter. Minnesota has the ball in the red zone. They're They're going to score a touchdown. It's fourth and one. They know. They haven't stopped us. We're going for it, mm-hmm. and they false starts, mm-hmm. kicks them back to fourth and six. They settle for a field goal to tie it up at twenty four. The Giants get the ball. They march it all the way down the field. Mm-hmm. It's fourth and one in the red zone, and guess what? They go for it, and they get it. And They end up scoring a touchdown, and yeah. they, that's the difference. Yeah, it's these small little things that that separate teams. And yeah, it was just it was a great game. Oh, it was such a great game. It was. Uh, I think of the
1: games that we've seen that one had to have been just wire to wire because it, it, it was close. It was close the whole game. Uh, what was that, half 17-14? ends up being 31-24 to close. Saquon had a great game, um, and honestly, it, it didn't look like, I used the term earlier, a stale offense where you just can't move the ball. I don't really think the Giants look like that. No, really, at any point yesterday they moved that, the whole game, and that's my primary concern with the Giants. Um, I, I, because I feel like Danny Dimes has those games where oh, it sure. just looks like the offense is stale. I, I mean, what other skill players outside of Barkley, Barkley, do you think of when you think of the Giants?
0: Um, they had a little little scat receiver yesterday. What who was his name? Isaiah well. Hodgins, is that? His yeah, name? that sounds right. Like, exactly though. Yeah. Trying to remember his name, um, but yeah, like. You can tell, like, they trust Daniel Jones more now than they did at the start of the year. Like, they pushed the ball down the field a little bit more yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Dable's great. He's, he's just – he's a great coach. There's no other way around it. Mm-hmm. Um, he's not – look, it's his first year, so I don't want to be premature and put him on that Kyle Shanahan level. No. But he's on his way. Okay. He is so good. He was great wow. in Buffalo with Josh Allen. Mm-hmm. Like, like, if you look at Josh Allen's numbers from this year to last, compared to last year, he was mm-hmm. so much better last year. Mm-hmm. Just the decision-making – was much better last year. I think a large part of that was Brian Dable just making things easy on him, yeah. and he's taken that same thing to Daniel Jones now, who's had a really good year mm-hmm. and looks like he's going to be their quarterback again next year because he's played really well. And I think I think he deserves it too.
1: Yeah, I would say so. And I think that's why this was such a good game. You have two great coaches just really duking it out here, um, and I am surprised. I mean, that was what a nine and seven Giants team, yeah. Um, but I, I think there were quite a few wins that we both know between those the thirteen wins the Vikings had this season. I don't want to say fraudulent, but a little uh, lucky, too close for comfort.
0: Exactly, for sure. Uh, any other thoughts on the Giants or Minnesota before we before we move on to uh, Baltimore and Cincy? No, sir. So I'm I'm not going to lie to to the people listening to this podcast. <laughs> I fell asleep yesterday, at like right <laughs> after the Trey Hendrickson 99 yard fumble recovery for a touchdown. Um, and then I, I woke up this morning. I watched the last five minutes. I know you fell asleep as well, for sure. Um. Late night. We're 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 working, guys. You know, it's just it happens. It <laughs> happens. So, really quickly, um, I saw. I, I woke up this morning. I watched the last five minutes. I don't understand what John Harbaugh's doing. You've got two timeouts in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You let forty seconds run off the clock, like in a pivotal moment, and then you have the holding call, and it just all kind of fell apart mm-hmm. for Baltimore there at the end. But look, Tyler Huntley played well. I said it on Saturday. The the there's, the Ravens aren't winning this game, but the Bengals score more than 17 points, and they did. And how many did Baltimore score? 17? I was right on the money with that. Just, you know, yeah. got it. The, also, <laughs> ha, haven't missed a game yet. Anyway, it's fine. Kudos to you. <laughs> very
1: impressive. Sports betters need your
0: number. That's right. And, um, and so, but yeah, like, the Ravens played well. The Roquan Smith edition I talked about it on Saturday was big. You could see it in that game. Um, I, but I think that the biggest thing, Lyle Collins getting her for the Bengals – is a big deal. Bowser coming off the edge had a really big game because, you know, their best offensive tackle wasn't playing for the Bengals. Mm. And I think that's really going to hurt them going forward when they play everybody else. So it'll be really interesting to see kind of what they do. To counter that, you could tell they didn't really push the ball down the field as much just because they didn't have as much time. So that's really the thing after that game I walk away from really kind of concerned about is, what are they going to do with Leo Collins not playing? Mm. So.
1: So for me, this was uh, underwhelming. I would say, if we're looking at the game from a quarterback standpoint, as I usually do, uh, this is a very underwhelming game. For Joe Burrow, who you know didn't have a bad stat line, 23-32 to for 209 yards and a touchdown, not huge. Uh, Jamar Chase being Jamar Chase, nine receptions for 84 yards, a touchdown, big, but not really hearing much from Joe Mixon yesterday. Well, yeah, yeah. I think he carried for maybe 40 yards. Um, and not only that. The Bengals win the game by a touchdown. I mean, lucky as can be. I think you said Sam Hubbard, 98-yard fumble return. What are the odds of that? Since he had 130 less yards of total offense or just total yards behind Baltimore. Yeah. So I think when you say Tyler Huntley had a good game, yeah, he threw a pick, but he also had 226 passing yards and two touchdowns. Yep. I was telling Nate last night, I think Tyler Huntley is like Lamar Jr., you see him play. Oh, yeah. He's it's, the perfect it's very similar, backup. Yeah. Very similar play just style. Just
0: not quite as explosive.
1: Good athlete. Very good athlete. Pretty solid eyes in the field. Can throw the ball, um, but just not quite at the level Lamar does. There's yeah. Something that Lamar sees in the field, the way he moves, the way he just has finesse up the field. Um, Tyler Huntley is like a prototype. Not quite as good, but very comparable. I mean, and honestly, the Ravens should have won this game. If we're looking at everything, I mean, well, it's, it's a late touchdown, but it's that close, 17-24. to 24, The Ravens have so much more offense. Since he didn't look good, and I told you this earlier too, this is the Chiefs' worst nightmare. Joe Burrow can come out and have a subpar game against the Ravens. He does not play that way against the Chiefs. Yeah. And uh, will he see the Chiefs? I hope so, but I had one a Chiefs fan over my house last night. He was pulling for the Ravens so hard. Oh, yeah. They've just got their number. Patrick Mahomes can beat seemingly anybody except Joe Burrow.
0: That's just what it seems like right now.
1: It is a – this is a worse – this is a nightmare situation for the Chiefs, uh, and I I think the Chiefs could go all the way. This is another team. I've got them winning the whole thing. Do you? Yeah. The Chiefs are incredible. I don't know how they continue to do it. I guess we do. Andy Reid's an incredible coach. They have all the talent that you could ever ask for, and they get rid of Tyreek. I thought that would be huge. Has no effect They're on fine. the Chiefs. Um, but yeah, <laughs> for this game specifically, I, I think um, kind of unfortunate. I, I think Baltimore could have pulled it out, especially if you look at the stats of this game. It looks like Baltimore had the better game. Uh, but Cincinnati sliding through. Uh, and I don't really have too much else to say about it. Underwhelming performance from the offense uh, in Cincinnati. Surprisingly, I feel like their offense really carried them most of last year, uh, and their defense fell apart
0: when it mattered most. Yeah.
1: Their defense is standing up, oh, I mean, yeah, and it matters. Their,
0: their defense has been much better this year. For sure. It's been really impressive. So before we move on to tonight's game mm-hmm. between Dallas and Tampa Bay, I'll, I'll let you go on that for a little bit. Um, yeah. Does Lamar Jackson come back next year? That's so I think sigh. he does. I, it's big sigh. Uh, I think he
1: does. I I think they franchise tag him. They should. Lamar is that guy. Um, I, I think in the right situation, he is. He's Which an MVP Baltimore caliber. Is. He is. He's an MVP caliber guy. Baltimore just, in my opinion, has not given him the pieces he needs to win.
0: They need a receiver. They need to. They need to tag Lamar and then
1: go get Hopkins. They they need to get more because they got Rashad Bateman. Big Rashad Bateman
0: fan. He's a, he's a. I think he's, but he's played a wide two. Receiver. He's not a one. He's not here. He's. I think his role in Baltimore is very similar to Michael Pittman Jr. here in Indy. Yeah, okay. Where, like, fans like him. Yep. But, like, they know in their heart of hearts, like, he's not a He's not one. a true one. Yeah.
1: I, I, I really like Rashad Bateman. Uh, I think it was... Mark Andrews is
0: great. Andrews is amazing. They, they got a stable of running backs. They just need a legit number one wide receiver. And DeAndre Hopkins is that guy. Yeah, I, okay. if, if I'm the Ravens, yeah. I would tag Lamar and I would go get DeAndre Hopkins. You're right. Because they do. They, J.K. Dobbins... Ohio State,
1: man, guy can can run the ball. He's so, so good. They have, so it seems like they have the pieces. Uh, But yeah, the Ravens are just kind of seem to be right on the edge. They're on the edge of breaking through and making more happen. They just haven't been able to do it yet. And yeah, I think Lamar stays, but they need to, also, I think Baltimore needs to know they're going to need to spend a good amount of money to keep Lamar. He's he's played at that level. I'm kind of surprised he hasn't Already signed,
0: or you know, done more. They but. offered him a contract. He turned it. I think he wants more guaranteed money. Yeah, which it's is like fair. Which Deshaun Watson just kind of screwed all that up. He's got yeah. that fully guaranteed contract, and now that's what everybody's gonna want. So he's just kind of messed up the market in that regard. But yeah, like I don't blame Lamar for wanting that. So yeah. So let's move on. Um, the people they they heard my thoughts on Dallas and Tampa Bay on Saturday. Uh-huh. W- what do you think, really quickly?
1: Okay. So really quickly, I think this is a Tom Brady game. Tom Brady does Tom Brady things here. Uh, I think it's going to come down to the final possession. Um, and then uh, this is not going to be a shot really at Tom Brady, there, I guess at Dak. Uh, but I think he's going to have a strong first half showing and he's going to fall apart. Um, it seems like every time... <laughs> this isn't a shot, but I think you're going to crumple shot. under the pressure, yeah. Dak. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't want to like, get a low blow at Dak, but I feel like you have two Cowboys fans. There's two types of fans. You have people that are ride or die on the Dak train. And you have people that see him for what he is. As you can tell, I'm, I'm not a Cowboys fan, but I'm in that, the latter group here, which is Dak's not that good. I don't know what metrics people find that show Dak as being an elite-level quarterback because mm-hmm. I can't find them. When it, when it comes time to win and it matters, he can't do it. He throws so many bad interceptions. Kirk Cousins-level interceptions. And I say that because Kirk has he plays great football, but when he throws a pick, it's usually bad. Bad bad like you don't know where the ball was even who is that going to yeah, you know When Dak plays great football his ceiling is extremely high when he's playing bad. The floor is Way too low for a player an athlete of his caliber So I think this is going to be zeke and tony pollard carrying a lot of offensive weight I I mean, I want to see the cowboys win if i'm being honest. I can't stand tom brady but if there's a game that Tom Brady comes out to win, or I guess the time of the season that he comes out to play, this is it. He comes out to play against better teams that he shouldn't beat, and it's always a miraculous final drive. He's got one minute left. It's the fourth quarter. He's got to drive 75 yards. How That's many times does. have we seen that? It's That's what he, what he does. does. It's what he does. To me, this is the Bucks by a field goal. I think the final score is going to be 27-24 Bucs over Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I I like the Cowboys. I just think that the pass rush is too much because if there's any recipe to beating Tom Brady, it is rush four. Get pressure with four, and you have really good chances. And that's exactly what Dallas does. I I, I mentioned it on Saturday. They have the second-best pass rush win win rate in the NFL, only behind the Eagles. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensive line isn't great. They only have a 25% pass block win rate. And Tampa Bay just throws the ball way too much for that stat to not impact the game at some level. Yeah. And so that's ultimately, like, my faith is not in Dak and the offense. My faith is in Micah Parsons and the defense.
1: Yes, I was going to say that. I I really like the Cowboys' defense. Uh, Micah Parsons, specifically. He's the best player, best defensive player in the NFL, if you ask me. You, uh,
0: I like Nick Bosa.
1: Man, you just watch him play the game, and it, like it doesn't really matter where he's at. If he's going after the quarterback— he is gonna affect the game in, in one way or another. Even when he's standing back and he's just in the open field waiting for the, the play to happen. Micah Parsons just has a nose for the ball. And he was out of Penn State, I want to say. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. He, was, Dude, was, a he yeah. was a nightmare. He was a nightmare
1: against the rest of the country, especially Ohio State. Micah Parsons is incredible and he's doing he's he's just doing it so, so well in the NFL. In my opinion, he's the best player. Um defensive player in the NFL. So yeah, if the Cowboys do win. I'll be happy because I love to see Tom Brady lose. I just don't see that happening. They just can't win when it matters, and I think Tom Brady's going to take it.
0: Fair enough. So we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit of college football. I was trying to have him on during the college football playoffs, but <laughs> timing just didn't really work out. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk a little bit just about the future of college football. We're going to talk, I guess, NFL draft stuff now and quarterbacks Ooh. and Will Levis and all that kind of yep. stuff. Um, so, yeah, we're going to take a short break, and then we'll be right, we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more shooting the Schmidt. Going to talk about college football. Let's start with what we were talking about earlier, Will Levis and C.J. Stroud. Mm-hmm. So I'll let you go first. What do you kind of think about those two guys? Because mm-hmm. apparently right now it's going to be Bryce Young one. Stroud hasn't declared yet. Mm-hmm. So it'll be probably Will Levis too, which I personally don't like. But mm-hmm. you, you, can go, you can go first.
1: Okay, so one, as an Ohio State fan, I do hope that C.J. Stroud goes into the draft. Um multitude of reasons for that. One of them we talked about earlier was just injuries the NFL players face. Um, If he doesn't even make it to the NFL level and suffers an injury that is up there that could be, you know, career-ending, I would hate for that to be at Ohio State um, and then have have him look back and say, oh, well, I could have declared for the draft. Um, You know, do I think he's more likely to get injured if he's playing for the Texans or for the Colts? Absolutely. Those teams (laughs) have a lot of rebuilding to do. They do. But— I think C.J. Stroud would be – so this this kind of the, – the question goes deeper than this. Do the Bears hold on to the first
0: pick? No. I, I think they'll trade it. If they don't trade it, then they'll take mm. uh, A- Anderson out of Alabama.
1: That's why I see most mock drafts say is that Anderson's going to be the first pick. and The Bears could use it. There's nothing the Bears couldn't use. I've actually even seen some rumors that they're – open and trading Justin Fields. What are your thoughts on that?
0: I don't think they would. I don't think there's a quarterback good enough in this draft to do that. Like, if Caleb Williams from USC mm-hmm. was in this draft, like, yes, without a doubt, mm-hmm. M- move off Fields. Uh, I think Caleb Williams is awesome. Okay, But, like, Br- Bryce Young, he's going to be really good. I don't think he's generational. Like, I don't think people view him in the same respect that they view, like, a Trevor Lawrence when he came out. Mm-hmm. And so, I, I would hold on to Fields. because like, we don't even know what he can do. Like, like we know he I can agree, run. Yeah. But look, they don't they don't protect him. They don't have any legit receivers, so we haven't really even been able to see him throw the football consistently Agreed. because of that. So, I would I would I would trade the first pick, go get like a left tackle and some more picks, and draft yeah. some wide receivers. That's what I would do.
1: They, yeah, I think so. I agree. Uh, if they were to get rid of Justin Fields, not even because I'm an Ohio State fan, you've seen that he can make something happen. They've given him basically 20 pieces to a hundred piece puzzle. And he has somehow squeezed out a couple wins. That's impressive to me. Um granted it's been a lot of him just being an athlete, being on his feet. Um, we, like you said, we haven't been able to see him throw the ball. He doesn't have anybody to throw the ball to and when they are passing, I like he has to chase zero block trade.
0: Yeah. That's that's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 with you all in all. So yeah, I, I would trade it if I was them. I think Bryce Young will be the first quarterback off the board. Mm-hmm. Um Seattle may may take somebody there early as mm. well with, with that Broncos pick. The Lions could take someone. We were talking before we hop back on. Um, Jared Goff deserves another year. He does. Um, and then I guess the next pick would be the Colts at four Yeah, would be the next team to take a quarterback. And so if C.J. Stroud doesn't come out, mm-hmm. then things really change because it goes from Bryce and Stroud as locks to be at least good quarterbacks in the NFL. Yep. And then you kind of drop to Levis, who people are kind of like, eh, I don't really know. And if 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 people, if Will Levis goes extremely early, like top five, I'm going to be so upset because I just, like, we do this every year where we take a guy and we reach on the, like, on the comparison because everyone's like, oh, Will Levis is the next Josh Allen. No, he's mm-hmm. not, okay? Will Levis is a project, okay? If you can figure him out, then, like, maybe he'll be good. Is he a good athlete? Yes, but he's not as good of an athlete as josh allen does he have a big arm yes but his arm is not as big as josh allen so what he is is he's he has a lower ceiling than josh allen with all of the problems that josh allen had coming out of college Mm -hmm. and so i just don't think that the return on the investment is going to be as high as what people think it's going to be if if he can even figure it out like there's no Mm -hmm. guarantee that he even figures it out so for me like will levis should be drafted in like the third or fourth round wow and, like, not touched for a while. Simple as that. Because he hasn't been good, right? The one year that he was good, his junior year, he had the guy who I believe is the offensive coordinator for the Rams now. Mm. Like, he's running that Sean McVay quarterback-friendly kind of system, and he had a good year. And mm-hmm. then the offensive coordinator leaves, and then we watched him this last year, and he just wasn't very good. Mm. So, yeah, I just, I, I'm i not a Will Levis guy, if you can't tell.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so... I'll be honest. I I haven't really
0: understood the
1: Will Levis hype. I maybe maybe that's why NFL teams hold him in such high
0: regard. That they know why. he has they, good coaching. They just like it's it's the high ceiling. Like yeah, what's going to happen is all the teams who didn't take Josh Allen and see what Josh Allen is now and now regret it mm-hmm. are going to see this as like a second chance to like right their wrong, so to speak, and not mm-hmm. taking Josh Allen. And so they're going to reach. They're going to take him too early, and then he's going to be bad. Simple as that, right? And people yeah. forget like a large part of why Josh Allen ended up being really, really good, it's because Brian Dable was the offensive coordinator. Mm.
1: If you are, so let's put this out there for you theoretically. If you are a franchise owner, let's say you're like the Raiders or the Colts, or, you know a team that desperately needs a quarterback. If you, John Smith, are drafting, would you take Will Levis or Anthony Richardson?
0: I would take Anthony Richardson simply because I think Anthony Richardson is more of what people are looking for as opposed to Will Levis in terms of coming in very raw Mm-hmm. And being able and being able to in, increase and like maximize the ceiling, right? Because Anthony R- Richardson, he's every bit as much of an athlete, if not more of an athlete, absolutely than Will Levis. Yeah, he's got a better arm, right? Mm-hmm. They're both just not very accurate. Yeah, and so and I just I think Anthony Richardson has the higher ceiling. So if you want to draft purely based off of ceiling, mm-hmm. I would take Anthony Richardson before I took Will Levis because I just think the ceiling's higher. He's a freak athlete.
1: Uh, you've watched him if you've watched Florida at all. He's the reason why they're a comparable team. Um, yeah, I really like Anthony Richardson. I think I've just kind of been stunned that Levis has gotten the—I don't want to say exposure, but the the hype that he has. Yeah, um, I've seen a lot of mock drafts showing the Raiders taking Will Levis, um, and I—I I, I don't know. I'd like to think that that you know these NFL scouts that are holding him in such high regard know what they're talking about. So,
0: like maybe Josh McDaniels, the guy though, who figures it out with Will Levis, like mm-hmm. a guy like that getting him makes sense. But, like, I'm trying to think of a team. Like, the, uh, the if, if the Lions took him, mm-hmm. I guess not what you want. Because, like, I love Dan Campbell. He's an awesome coach. Yes, he he's He's incredible. But he's not an offensive genius. He's not a guy who's necessarily going to consistently put Will Levis in a place to succeed. Whereas a guy like Josh McDaniel, being an offensive mind, mm-hmm. would. So that's kind of the difference. Like, if, if he went to Las Vegas, I'd be like, okay, like, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, if—it just—it happens every year, okay? Like, quarterbacks start— They're like, oh, like they're going to take him in the middle of the first round, except for guys like Bryce Young and guys like that. Mm -hmm. And then every year they end up going like top ten, top eight. Yeah. And so, like, you just know he's going to climb up and get drafted way earlier than he should, and that's just annoying for me. Mm. Yeah, and
1: we were we were talking about this. There are four teams that desperately need quarterbacks. You got the Raiders, the Colts, the Texans, and the Panthers.
0: Yes. Even though I wouldn't mind watching Matt Matt Corral play a season in Carolina I really mm-hmm. liked him coming out of Ole Miss but that's beside the point no I agree I really like
1: Corral he got injured in his bowl game He did and then we didn't really get to see anything from him I'd like to see him at the Panthers as well so are the Panthers really stretched as thin as we think they are at quarterback I think
0: maybe not we yeah. haven't seen him play so we don't really know
1: we don't know but can he get healthy can he get is I don't know is it going to translate the NFL because he is he throws a great deep ball I uh, yeah, really like Matt Corral. He he's solid, but yeah, I think C.J. Stroud, if he goes, and that's that's the other thing is, it's still an if. Yeah, we if, don't even if know he if he doesn't he's in. go, then it'll be wild. Yeah, it's it's big for Ohio State, I guess, but in, in my opinion, I'd rather see C.J. Stroud go because I think he falls to the Colts. I don't think the Colts need to trade up for C.J. Stroud. I think there are two other excellent defensive players on the board that allow um, for him to fall. To the Colts, so the Colts don't need to trade away. They're already up there. Um, the Texans, yeah, I, I could see them grabbing Bryce Young. The Raiders, yeah, I mean, for me, I think the Raiders should take Levis. I know it's an early pick, but if he is half of what these teams think he's capable of being, I think that's a, that's a very worthwhile pick for the Texans. Where's Derek Carr go? New York. Really? Jets.
0: Oh, come on. Jets. <laughs> don't Jets. do me like that. Jets. Yeah, not not. We've got giants. Mike White, dude. We've got Mike <laughs>
1: White. We don't need Derek Carr. <laughs> okay, man. Yeah, um, I
0: don't know. I don't know where. I don't know where he's. I haven't put a ton of thought into this yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the Jets make a lot of sense. Miami makes some sense if they don't think Tua can stay healthy. Yeah. Um, where else? I think he'd be a great fit in Las Vegas. <laughs> yeah, one one would think. <laughs> yeah, they Las Vegas has a
1: couple of pieces. I love Josh Jacobs. It's oh, insane they've got,
0: athlete. they've got every. Their defense is just bad. That's ultimately what it is. Yeah. And, you know, let's just be honest. It's way easier for GMs to blame, to blame the quarterback or the coach as opposed mm-hmm. to just be honest with themselves. Like, you know what? Our defense, I haven't done a good job of like putting the proper personnel there. It's just easier for GMs to blame somebody else. Yeah. And so that's what they do. Um, yeah. Any, any other thoughts on the draft? Not too much. Um
1: lot of other names out there but the those four quarterbacks we talked about anthony richardson bryce young will levis cj stroud those are the ones i want to watch for i for think sure. anthony richardson might might fall in the second round i think he's a crazy yeah. good athlete and we've seen that but florida didn't win too many games this year and i yeah. don't want to say that's really his fault there's a lot more that goes into it than just the quarterback play for sure but how many games did the Wildcats win? How much did Will Levis really do not this season lot. that's warranting them to have him this high? I don't know. But yeah, that's about all I have to say about the draft. I hope C.J. Stroud declares today is this last His day. last day, yeah. If not, hey, it'll be an even better day to be a Buckeyes fan. Yeah, it
0: will be. Okay, so moving on. Uh, speaking of being a Buckeyes fan, we're going to talk college football playoff expansion, right? You kind of want to yeah. talk more on that. I know you're with me. You don't like 12 teams. You think it's too many?
1: It do- It doesn't make sense how does 12 teams work do you have uh, that was that like three more weeks of football
0: yeah so top four seeds will, will, will all get a bye okay and then you'll have five will play 12 and all that kind oh, okay. of stuff so i don't man i wish i had a bracket in front of me that would make yeah. this way easier but yeah I, like three weeks sounds right which i don't really mind i'm i'm cool with three more weeks of college football and that's yeah. why it's happening P- people want to see more games we do but like i i just i want to see good games Personally, and I just don't think that the games will be very good. Like, you know, I, I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I think Alabama would have crushed Washington. Mm-hmm. Um, Tennessee beat seventh-ranked Clemson handily with a backup quarterback. Like the gap between five and twelve, and six and eleven, and seven and ten, even yeah, like are large. You know, so I just don't really know how. I just don't know how good the games are going to be, and that's why people were upset this year is because. The national championship game wasn't very good, Mm -hmm. and like none of these games are going to be very good beforehand. Like, like maybe like the eight and eight, the eight and nine game will probably be good. Yeah, seven and ten game will be good, but like twelve just doesn't make sense. Five and twelve won't be good. Six and eleven probably won't be good. That's too
1: much, in my opinion. You can make it a lot easier. You make it eight teams. That adds like an additional week of football. Yeah, rather than having the three weeks by having the bye week and all that, eight teams. And here's why. Let me read you the top eight teams and tell me this wouldn't be a more comparable playoff. Now, is the one seed going to play the eight? I don't know. I think that would get kind of ugly, uh, depending on who the eight seed is. But these are the top eight teams at the end of this year. And I think this is kind of where my argument comes from. So, one, Georgia. Obviously, they ran away with it. I I don't think they're as good as we, you know— I don't think they were sixty-five seven over TCU good, although they they should they it.
0: played their best they played their best day of football and TCU played their worst.
1: The, yeah, at, they played at the right time. TCU at two. Um and I, I'd like to say they're they're a legitimate two or three team. TCU was so, so good until Georgia. Okay. And I mean, even the game against Michigan. But Michigan was a good team. There's a reason that game was so the the semifinals games were, were nuts. Yeah. And so we stumble past three to number four, Ohio State. Our, in my opinion, and this is because I'm a Buckeye fan you could argue this is the second best team in the country. You can look at what they did to Georgia. Yeah, for sure. And that is with no Marvin Harrison Jr. who is the best player on that team, the second half of the game. That, so that rounds out our four. Now if you go through five through eight, you've got Alabama at five. So if the first game is an Ohio State, Alabama game, if we're going, you know, the 18- playoff, four versus yeah. five.
0: Yeah. That is a hell of a game. Yeah, yeah. That's a great game. You've got Tennessee at six. So Tennessee and Michigan. Michigan. Yeah.
1: That'd be good. Should be another close game. Penn State at seven. And I know you disrespect Penn State. You don't think they're a good team. They didn't have a lot of great wins.
0: They had one. It's over Utah at the end of the year. Uh-huh. And like, look, that's a good win. Yeah. Fine. Whatever. But like, and just in terms of in terms of the regular season, if your best win is over Purdue, who went eight and four, yep, it's hard for me to have a lot of respect for you, especially when the two games that they played against good teams in Ohio State and Michigan, yep. like they got crushed by Michigan, they got crushed Absolutely by Michigan, boat, boat race, and then decent game against Ohio State, they were in it, and then we saw we saw the separation of Ohio State's talent yep. at the end of that game, yeah, and so, but yeah, anyway, so they're at seven, and who, who's at eight? Uh,
1: and then eight is Washington, so this is the end of the
0: season, and Georgia.
1: Kill Washington. Georgia would kill Washington. Now, I like Michael Penix Jr., insanely yeah. good quarterback. Um, should have stayed. IU lost something special with Michael Penix. Yeah. Um, that being said, the nine and 10 teams, I scribbled them in here as well. Tulane, who looked very good in their bowl game, should I mention? They should they? Not A not conference. Have won
0: that game. They should not have won that game. Come but on. Yeah.
1: Come on. I mean, USC. And you, I know you're big on the USC train. Maybe it's just for Caleb.
0: I like Lincoln Riley. I think he's a really good coach. I like Caleb Williams. He's incredible. Yeah, um, but ultimately, like they don't play defense. That's always the problem with teams coached by Riley. So yeah. that's my issue with them. But yeah, they're they're uber talented on offense.
1: I'll say it, Tulane looked like a full team. Oh yeah, they're Offensive good. Offensive and defense. And then Utah would be the tenth team. So let's. I'm, I'm just kind of putting it in there as a as a toss up: Washington, Tulane, Utah. All kind of teams in that mix. Utah fell to Penn State in the bowl game, um, but in a val—I would say a very valiant fight. They played very well. Cam Rising gets injured at the end of that game. Yeah. Um, so, in my opinion, you've got ten comparable teams. Is, is Georgia far and away um, going to be the victor of the one v eight game? If it's them in Washington, probably. probably. But Washington's offense looked really, really good. Michael Penix was very good so i could see i mean think about this if, if alabama or tennessee has a loss or two they're in that 6 to 8 range yeah and those are teams that hey if they win their first game they might be able to win a second is if they pull a, a tcu or a michigan and, and the thing is every week that you play you've also run the the risk of injuries and additional skill players on the team not being there marvin harrison who knows? You know, if he's in that game, I think they beat Georgia. But because he goes out early in that game, they don't win. Yeah. So that's why I think if you expand to eight teams, you're kind of reaching the brink of, all right, these are legitimately the eight best teams in the country. Because yeah. the issue, and we've talked about this before, the issue with four teams is you're not picking the four best teams. Yes. With eight teams, I think you have the opportunity to do that. It's a small enough group that you can pick the legitimate elite teams in college football that you're not leaving out, you know, the Alabamas, the Tennessees, the those kind of fringe te- yeah, the fringe teams um, and you know like a Penn State, they could sneak in there a third Big 10 team, but when you look at this list, it is three Big 10 teams, it is three SEC teams and then you've got TCU. Yeah. You know, you've got Washington. Those other, you know, a Pac-12 team sneak in there. Right. Because they I think the top of their conference does have a team or two that could sneak in. Kansas State, granted they got blown up by yeah, Alabama. Brushed. I think that's a revenge game for Alabama. Oh yeah. They were State they game. want to let people
0: know. Hey, oh, yeah. they're we're, were not a joke. They're not. I I think the answer is six. Mm-hmm. Just knowing what we know about those teams now. Um, I think that a healthy Tennessee team, I think there's a pretty sizable gap between them and Penn State. Mm-hmm. And so I think you do six, you give, you know, your your top two seeds a buy which I think is fair, like, you know, because most of the time those teams are undefeated, like, give them some type of reward for that, right? And then on yeah. top of that, it gives an incentive of, like, we need to go win our conference championship game because if we yeah. win, then, like, we have a better chance at, at grabbing a bye, right? So I like six for that reason. I also think that, like, there's a pretty pretty big gap between Tennessee when they're healthy, mm-hmm. who finished at six, even though if they're if they were healthy, I don't think that they would have finished six. But anyway, yeah. There's a pretty good gap between them and Penn State at seven, yeah, and now that may just be that may just be me not being super high on Penn State this year, but right. I think most of the time like that's kind of where you really see the gap, mm-hmm. right, and then you get third ranked Michigan against Tennessee, which would be awesome, that'd be a great game, and then you get fourth ranked Ohio State and Alabama, like
1: give, like give me those games. games, yeah,
0: right, like like could Penn State beat d c u sure, could Washington beat Georgia, sure. Probably not going to happen, though. Yeah, I don't see that one And so I just, I don't want to waste, not waste time, but like waste time with those games because I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch them, right? And I just don't want to like, because here's the thing, like they build up all these hype for these games and I feel like when you do one against eight and two against seven, the game will just very rarely Mm -hmm. meet the hype required. Whereas three and six and four and five will. Most of the time, right? Like obviously from time to time things happen and it, it doesn't happen, but yeah. And plus like, I think very rarely... Because for me, it's all about finding the best team in the country. Because that's that's the point of that's this what it should is, be. is to figure out who the national champion is going to be. Yeah, and I think very rarely, if ever, does the best team in the country lose two games and, fit, mm. and be ranked at number seven. Right. Right. Um, maybe I don't think it happens where teams end up at six very often in that same same scenario. Right. Let alone you know seven or eight. And so like, let's make it elite because that's what it's supposed to be. Right. Mm-hmm. Like. I don't want to, like, get all, like, philosophical here, you know. But, like, society teaches, like, everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. And, like, I don't want to do that. Like, I want it to be elite. I want it to be for the best of the best. And I feel like when you get past six, it Mm -hmm. kind of reduces that. Yeah. Yeah,
1: I think I like eight kind of for the same reason, like you said. If you have a healthy team versus, uh, you know, an unhealthy, let's use Tennessee, for example. I, I like Joe Milton. Holy smokes, that guy got a arm for an arm.
0: Super talented, just has no touch. But just not the same
1: as Hendon Hooker. Um, And this this is why I like eight teams because, let's say, you know, theoretically you do have a one Georgia versus an eight Washington. Not saying it's impossible that Washington could win. I just don't see that happening. But maybe there's an injury in that game. I mean, there are a lot of players on Georgia's team. Uh, Stetson Bennett Who's like 26 I've been graduated From college for 24 Okay I've been graduated 24, 25 I graduated two years ago Okay Used all four years Of my eligibility And this guy is still Playing football Okay How is that possible
0: Let me just Okay (laughs) I hate I kept seeing these tweets And I just I can't I gotta say something Please It is not Stetson Bennett 25 years old 24 years old, whatever he is, playing yeah. against a bunch of 18 and 19 year olds. It's not. Freshman it's not. sophomores don't play. I'm sorry. They, they don't. don't. They don't. Like Maybe like like every now and then, you know, you've got like your Marvin Harrison juniors who show up and like those guys do. Yeah. But look, like it's a 24, 25 year old playing against uh, like 21, 22, and 23 year olds. Okay. Sure. Like let's not, I, I just, I kept seeing those. I yeah. was like, this is not true. That's, that's not sorry. what it is. That's not what this it is. This is you being a hater and not liking the fact that Georgia won the whole thing. That's what yeah. it is.
1: No, and I, I can't say I'm a fan of that. I think Georgia was overrated, especially after how Ohio State looked against them. But I've only, the only other time I can think of a player like that was probably like Brandon Whedon. And this oh is gosh. from way He's back in the day. But he went and played State. minor league yeah. baseball.
0: Did That's he? why. Yeah. He he played minor league baseball and then it obviously didn't work out and then he still has his four years of eligibility. And so and so they come back and they play. That's funny. I thought it was That's like usually he had what military happens with those service guys. or something. Yeah, yeah. I thought
1: he was off doing something. It's like, okay, his old I don't yeah. remember anybody being it's that old. Who who was it? I think there was somebody like in the in the playoffs or in, in the Super Bowl at oh, that time that was too, younger.
0: Max Duggan's twenty four. Yeah. Like let's you know, anyway.
1: He is no, and and so I one I, I'm not a very big fan of the
0: years and years and years of eligibility. Well, COVID, COVID year, red shirt year, medical red shirt, like... All sorts of stuff. Yeah. yeah. Keeping you in the game there's for a, a There's There's a transfer from Oregon. I don't know where he's going to end up. It's going to be his eighth year playing oh, college football. Oh, my word. I, <laughs> that is
1: awesome. That's all, I think it's cool that...
0: The guys can live out that dream for a while. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's,
1: it's, it's ridiculous. Chase your dream as long as you can. But yeah, for, for me, eight teams is ideal because, like you said, if one team isn't at full health there's a good chance they lose to a 6 a 7 or an 8 seed and and if it just so happens that a fringe big 10 or a fringe sec team makes it in the, i think they're very capable of winning a game or two you know what i mean and yeah. if if they do if they win that first game you're up there against the big dogs immediately alabama being one of those teams they end of the season at 5 i think it's very probable that if they made it into the top 4 they could have won it all oh yeah especially the way that they looked Against Kansas State, and not that Kansas State was a they, slouch of a team. They definitely would have won their
0: first game. Anytime you give Nick Saban a month, a month to get ready for a game, he hasn't really. He's gonna lose. win. So he's gonna just win. Just how he yeah. is. But and
1: that's why eight teams is it for me. I
0: don't, I, I wouldn't mind eight, um, six or eight. I, I think twelve is too many. I, I think we agree Wait, on that. Yeah. Um, you have any closing thoughts on really whatever you want before we close out?
1: Conference realignment. This is a. Uh, we'll just touch on this quickly. This drives me crazy. Uh, as, as a Big Ten fan, uh, and, I, and it's not just football, um, I swam in college, so swimming is one that I love to follow. Big Ten regularly has one of the most competitive conference championships. What is the point of adding, and I, I think this is more specific for the Big Ten, why would you add Southern California and UCLA?
0: Um, the Los Angeles market. At the end of the day, it's all about money the more states and markets you're in, mm-hmm. the more money you make from TV deals and things like that. On top of that, like, I, I, I think that it's going to be really good. It's going to help with recruiting, mm-hmm. being able to allow these Big Ten team teams to go into California mm-hmm. and recruit. And on top of that, it brings balance to the conference because they're both going to be in the yep. West. Yep. You'll have Ohio State and Michigan in the East. And, like, with Luke Fickle getting hired at Wisconsin also mm-hmm. being in the West, like, Wisconsin and USC are going to be really good here in a few years, mm-hmm. if not this next year. And so I think it brings balance to the conference. I'm really excited for it. I like it. I understand from like a geographical standpoint, it Makes doesn't make no a lot sense. of sense. But like, this is the beauty of technology and, you know, universities owning their own airplanes. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> <All> they, <right. laughs> they can do things like this.
1: Yeah. So I I I agree. Now, this year is a, a particularly bad example because the Big Ten West was so weak. Yeah. But you typically have an Iowa being A good team, yeah, I was Minnesota good. the last couple of years been very yeah. good. Wisconsin, usually stronger. All these teams are not looking good this year, and we have a Purdue Big Ten West champion at eight did, and four, so bad. Yeah, but then you got the other side of the conference where you've got Ohio State and Michigan. We and can Penn just State. say those two names alone. Penn State, another big one. Rutgers looked. A decent, and I mean, I guess more so the eastern portion of the conference is good, specifically for basketball season. Yeah. you got Maryland out there, Maryland, who was pretty impressively good in football. Yeah. was to his little brother, yeah. who's a quarterback there. Impressive, t-
0: t- Talia, I think is his name,
1: maybe. But the, I mean, <laughs> they,
0: I thought their football team looked really good, but, but yeah, they could the,
1: score. The eastern portion of the conference, I would say, is very likely the victor, um, year after year after year in the Big Ten. I just, there's something about having no geographical boundaries in the conference. I mean, what's the furthest West team in the Big Ten right now? Um, you know what I mean? No idea. It's, it's somewhere I also in the Midwest. The Midwest very well. Like I said, it's in Iowa. Indiana? <laughs> it, it's, it's in Iowa, Minnesota. You know what I mean? That's about yeah. as far as it reaches. And now we're going, we're skipping most of the West. And we're going all the way out as far as you oh, can go. I think it'd be Illinois. Illinois, maybe. I, I mean, not even. They're further um, west than that. Is Iowa further west than Illinois? Maybe. I have no
0: idea, man. Either way, I didn't major in geography. We're jumping. <laughs>
1: we're jumping. Several most states. Most of the
0: continent,
1: yeah. and we're going out there and picking USC and UCLA. I get it. It's a revenue thing, but like, even logistically, what if you? What? Like I said, I, I, I swam What if you're having a dual meet in swimming? You know, you've got like a Thursday night meet.
0: Man, you and Are the and USC man,
1: and UCLA teams going to fly out on both Tuesday? No.
0: We both know football is what makes the world go around when it it comes to this kind of stuff. But
1: just in general, as a convert, I mean, for every other sport, for volleyball, for basketball, whatever.
0: I'm, I'm with you. I, you're I, you're I wasting understand. an
1: entire day just to get into your the part of the country that the rest of your conference is in. Yeah. That just doesn't make sense hey. to me. So Big Ten.
0: Praise is, the Lord for, for online school. Yeah, praise the Lord <laughs> for online school is
1: right. The SEC, the, the other big one, SEC adding Oklahoma and Texas. Big Ten. Taking Oklahoma and Texas from Big 12, who I would say are the flagship schools of the Big 12, have okay. kind of made the Big 12 what they are for the last couple decades. Jumping ship to go to SEC. As they should. Does that does that change anything in the way the SEC looks right now with teams um, up there already like the Alabamas, the Georgias, the perennial I victors?
0: Think, I mean, it'll take OU and Texas, I think, a couple of years to just adjust to the SEC and how just more physical it is mm-hmm. and just the way that you have to play defense in that conference. Just because of the style of play, like, yes, the SEC has put out some really good quarterbacks these past few years, but it's still all about running the football mm-hmm. and being built – from like the inside out in terms of like you start at your center and you really build deep in in the trenches. Whereas like the Big 12, I mean, we saw we 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 saw it with TCU, right? They mm-hmm. ran this this like cute little 335 defense and extra safety on the field. It worked pretty well. It works well in the Big 12, works decently well against Michigan. The Big 12 is also notorious for joke defense, yes, I feel like. Yes, they are. And so <laughs> And it's, the offenses are just different in that conference in terms of everybody just kind of spreads you out and they throw it all over the field. So, like, running a three three five in that conference is awesome because you have extra speed on the field. Mm-hmm. But then they play Georgia, who's just going to line it up and run it right at you. Yeah. And you can't do that. And so There's I no think answer. it'll take Texas and OU a few years to kind of figure out that, that side of things. Um, and then we'll kind of see what goes from there. I think, you know... They'll go eight and four, nine and three ish, somewhere kind of in those. At like, I think that's their ceiling. Their their first few years in the league. That'd be good though. And then once they kind of adjust to it, I, I think they'll be fine.
1: Hmm. Yeah. And so as we talk about the Big Twelve, they lose Oklahoma and Texas. Um, I don't know. I don't know if this is twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. But then they gain BYU, they gain UCF, uh, Cincinnati, and Houston. I actually think. Although Big 12 is losing Oklahoma and Texas, their two biggest schools. I mean, revenue wise, those have got to be it. Oh yeah, um, but BYU in the last couple of years, yeah, that's a Zach good football Wilson, team. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Cincinnati's a good team. Cincinnati's looked really good, dominating um, the American. Gus Conference. Malzahn is at UCF. Like mm-hmm. they'll be good here soon. Houston has been good in the past. A great basketball, school great basketball too. program. Yeah. Um. So we'll we'll see kind of what they end up looking like. They still won't be the same though. Like when your best team is Oklahoma State and Kansas State, like mm. those are two best teams now. I just I don't really hold out a whole lot of hope for them in terms of, of making the playoff or anything. So yeah,
1: uh, might be a Cincy. Cincy has done looked really good the last couple of years in the American yeah, Conference. They Luke got their Fickle's debut. Gone. He is,
0: and that's that's why they were good. Uh, now okay. now he's at Wisconsin. Wisconsin and, go Big Ten. That's right. So they'll be good. But let's go wrap it up here. Unless unless you got something else. That was it. Just All have right. a, Get my woes out there with the big. For time. sure, thank <laughs> you for for coming on, dude. It was good. It was fun. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, it was a great time. Yeah. So that's gonna do it here, shooting the Schmidt. I will pop on tomorrow to do just like a short little monologue on the Bucks game tonight mm-hmm. and just everything that kind of transpires with that. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be big. Um, so yeah, it's, it should be good. Thank you guys so much for listening. I know it was a longer show, so thank you guys for sticking around. I'll talk to y'all again tomorrow.